Thanks for listening, folks. Today's episode, uh, we start with a heavy heart as we want to remember Maggie McKethan. Uh, Brandon, as you know, we had reached out to Maggie DM, uh, planning on getting her onto an episode of The Way We Ball, and she responded back, and we were trying to schedule something uh, hopefully soon. Um, but just the fact that she responded, she was a name in Houston sports. And as we know, not everyone always responds to our request to be a, uh, a guest on the podcast, but she did. And I think that just speaks to the kind of person that she was. She'll be missed. Um, we mentioned in the tweet, she was the first person on TV, at least, to really put soccer on the map in Houston and put soccer first. Um, and it's just a reminder of how fragile life is. And um, just hug those people you love and remind them that you love them. So uh, today's episode of the Way We Ball podcast will be dedicated to Maggie McKethan. Um, rest in peace, and we'll be praying for you and your family. What's up, everybody? I'm Jamal. And I'm Brandon. And this is the Way We Ball. All right, Brandon. I am coming to you live from a hotel in Corpus Christi, the beautiful Corpus Christi, but uh, ball till we fall, right? I couldn't not come out with an episode this week, especially <laughs> after the week we've had with Houston. We're on to the next round of the CONCACAF um, Championship. Uh, Brandon, how's everything going for you? Good, man. Uh, I can't wait till you're down there and you get to see uh, CCFC live whenever they start to start up their season. I know uh, Corpus Christi is supposed to be getting a team here out there soon, so that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. So they're moving to USL1 and they're getting a stadium. So that's kind of the perks about this job is hopefully I'll be able to sneak into a game. I snuck into the Selena Museum during my lunch break uh, yesterday, so that was pretty cool. Actually, not cool. It ruined my day. I was like depressed all day after that. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah I'm but really you, looking forward to that. You got to see it, though. That? That's like one of those things that like, you know, it's there and that's a stop you have to make. Oh, yeah. Now, you know what got me was there was a, a microphone stand that still had like her lipstick marks on it from the microphone. And that was just like, Ugh, that one hurt. But uh, anyway, on more positive news. <laughs> I am this weekend. I'm trying to get some footage um, for the first time. So I live in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, Brownsville, Brownsville FC, which is in the NPSL and UPSL, will be going off against Matamoros Gavilanes, which is in the third division of Mexican soccer. So for the first time, um, they're crossing borders and playing one another. Um, so we'll definitely get footage of that but brandon let's move on to our first segment ball it like i see it brandon we came to the conclusion that every sports show has a game recap and we just don't want to be like everybody else so we're going to take a different spin on it we'll make it quick we'll make it fast kind of like my last relationship and we'll go through (laughs) each dynamo game as the week goes on hopefully to give the listeners just something different to hear so brandon why don't you start off our first inaugural episode or segment of ball it like i see it jamal i'm gonna ball it like i see it and here's what I balled. Sporting KC, I like you better when you were the Wizards. Your 60th minute goal was lame. Our defense fell asleep, and you kind of just walked it in. But Jamal, in the 68th minute, magic and nepotism was in the air. A brilliant cross from Coco. A lovely header from Alio across goal. And then, Nepo Baby heads it home. The equalizer. Jamal, Brad Smith, he ain't it. Kowalczyk, wow, special. In the end, we drew 1-1. A tie stung but it was earned. Crowd was solid and very purple. Now it's on to Saturday's home game against the New York Energy Drinks. Dolly Donamo and Jamal, that's how I ball it like I see it. Yeah, Dude, uh, in all honesty, Siegel was legit. <laughs> you have to change your name to Brandon Gotts. or B. right, baby. After this. Uh, yeah, Brandon, so I guess before we move on to St. Louis, any any last, uh, anything else you want to bring up to that game? I, uh, I, I, again, I'm going to say it again. I can't 
can't blame anything on Ben. I thought they were competitive. So, yeah, because like, I don't really want to talk so much of like, oh, in the 38th minute, our defense wasn't covering. Instead, kind of lead to bigger picture things. We're, I'm going to always refer to him as Baby. I'm not uh, Nepo Baby. I'm not going to call him Siegel. I think it's just funnier that way, even though they have no relation. But from here on out, you'll always know who Nepo Baby is. He looked great. To me, he was kind of like what Corey Baird was for us. A lot of hustle, but has a little bit more touch, unlike Corey Baird. I think he could be something that's a great starting piece up front. Aliyu looks way better on the wing. Now, what's great? Bossy's coming back. You have Kowalczyk, like I said, special. This is going to be something, even without DPs right now, man, we look incredible. I, I, I'm very optimistic. I uh, After that SKC game, I said, I hope I don't see Aleyu starting as a forward again. <laughs> I, I really like him on the wing. And what happened against St. Louis? He started as a forward again. <laughs> um, we made some changes throughout that game, um, which we'll go over right now. But um, I don't, I again, I I like Aleyu on the wing. I I cringe when I see him up top because he's, it seems like he misses a lot of gimme sometimes, but um, on the wing can't complain at all. And it just, I think we mentioned it or Ben mentioned it. If we can, or I'm not, no, Glenn, meant, uh, Glenn Davis mentioned it. If these guys can just play the way they're playing, having our DPs come back is just, it's going to be, uh, you know, icing on the cake. So um, they've been competitive with a weaker team, missing some key pieces. And I really can't complain with what we've seen so far. Um, that went from total enjoyment come yesterday's match because we took St. Louis to a 1-0 win and eventually led us to advancing to the next round. Brandon, we said it before the series started. We weren't too worried about St. Louis. I wasn't too worried after the 2-1 victory from St. Louis. It burned the way they won with a late last-minute goal, but I st- I wasn't worried, especially coming into Houston, having that away goal. Um, any thoughts on, on that match? No, so the big thing that you hit there was that away goal that we got was so key. Svechenko, first goal as a Dynamo, man. That was a brilliant pass between him and Steris, of all people. And now it comes into a real question here. How valuable is Steris at this point? His contract is big, so it is somebody that we'd like to move off the books in theory. But every time he plays, man, he either puts one in goal or puts an assist out there. And then I immediately am like, all right, he shouldn't start. But I don't know why, because it seems like every time he's on the field for us, he's doing something positive. Yeah, I, you know, so Stairs, uh, according to FootMob, was man of the match. He had a very solid game. I just don't know if I would trust him day in, day out for us. Um, but, um, I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's just because of of the stigma behind Stairs. I think of a backup player. I don't think of a starter. But if you ask me, why Great. wouldn't I want him to start? What does he do wrong? I couldn't tell you that because he, <laughs> You know, he's, he's usually very solid for us. He's a solid piece. Uh, man, how good is Tate Schmidt? Yeah, for real. You know, it, it, and just his ability to be kind of a chameleon all over the pitch. He can turn on the attack. He can also set up the defense. It's incredible because, like, I, I mean, we love Escobar, but I don't really miss Escobar. Even though he was able to come on the pitch against uh, St. Louis, it was funny the minute he came on, producer Shea goes, yellow all right, he's got to pick up a yellow. And then he does it. I was like, on cue, brother. And the, but that's what he's good for. I would love if he stuck around, but no way, man. Like I, I think he's able to ship out, especially if, if Steris is going to play the way he does. Brad Smith, I did mention, he ain't it. But if Brad Pullett comes in at like as like a left back in like the 60th minute, I think that's serviceable and a good piece to have back there. I just don't think he should be on the wing. He makes me think of when we used to do that with Lundquist when we really sucked, and he was like a natural left back, but then we would try him at like left wing because we were so desperate. It just doesn't work. Yeah, Juan Smith 
I mean, first off, he's an Aussie, so like already cool in my book. Yeah. But then the yeah. fact that he played for Liverpool, like I want him to succeed. But Same. yeah, he's definitely not it, man. And uh, again, I hope that we see a layu up there instead of Brad Smith on the wing. Um, I just feel like you notice the difference immediately. The impact is immediate. The speed alone just kills people. And it's like we're getting another version of Nelson while he's out when you have a layu yeah. up there. So um, I, well, I, I hope that we don't see him. Go ahead. So now that we have some people returning, so I, I, I mentioned Bossy's back. How do you think the front shape is going to look? Because in this case, you could have Nepo Baby as like your front striker. And then on either wing, you could have probably either like Bossy and then Coco. Kowalczyk in that middle of like that counter attack where he's been great. And then in the back, I thought Jan Gregus looked incredible against St. Louis, man. He was like a quarterback with his passes, just putting dimes out there. Him and Artur back there, I, I think that's a solid, solid front. I don't know if I'm sold on Grey Goose because he didn't look that great the match prior. He looked, he fixed he whatever he had bit. wrong on St. Louis, but um, yeah, I know it's just a little we saw. I was, that's, you know, like first impressions are everything. So that was my first impression. So I, I want to see a little bit more before, um, before I feel confident in having Grey Goose back there, but, but I have the no difference. Problem. But hold on. The difference of that is when he came on, he came on as a sub. This game, he actually started. I think the key with him is he might need to be started. What's your theory there? How does that make a difference for a player? I think some people are just like they can either come off the bench. Like the difference is kind of me as a baseball guy. Whenever you were a, the starting pitcher is very much different if you're the middle reliever. The situations are different. Everything about the game is already have a pace and a flow and you're coming in fresh. Some people just can't hit that go button. And I think he's somebody that needs to be involved like from the beginning whistle to really start to dictate how pace goes. Whereas Brooklyn is a younger guy. You can kind of plug and play him a little bit more. He's going to be, have that little bit more of a, like a fast twitch to kind of catch up with the game. So then let's start about that. Or let's talk about that. Who are you starting um, against Red Bull this coming Saturday? What does your lineup look like? So I kind of, I kind of alluded to mine. I, I'm thinking Ali, you, I like him to come off on the, from the bench. Now seeing bossy come on, as a, a super sub, that was pretty cool too. I wouldn't be opposed to that, having Aliou start and then Bossy be the super sub. And and what's nice with that is he could come on either for Coco like he did. He could come on for Kowalczyk. You can really use him in a variety of spaces. That is nice compared to where if you bring on Aliou from the bench, he's either going to the striker or to the wing. That's it, right? Like So I like my bench players to have a little bit more versatility to them. I hate to say that Bossy should go to the bench. Like That just sounds negative, but in a way, a super sub is really the big difference between being a great club and winning cups. Yeah, I but think so, we, we were victims of that. I, mean, in the I, I alluded to what my starting 11 would be if you started Bossy and, and Coco on the wings there. I But again, I think it's going to be Nepo Baby as your striker, Aliou on the wing, and then you'll have Coco on the wing, Kowalczyk in kind of the counterattacking mid, and then either probably Jan has gotten the start along next to Artur, and then your back line is, well, Dorsey, he did pick up a knock. God, I hope he's not really hurt. But if he is, then it's going to be Tate. I would probably start Steris over Escobar at this point. If, if Escobar really is on the way out, if he's not, no, Escobar can slide in to, to probably Tate's either, uh, Dorsey's role or swap Tate over there and then Svechenko and Mikhail. I was sure Escobar was out, but then I also told myself I, I felt like it had to happen before, um, this, this last week, um, just because of all the matches that we had coming up. The fact that he played and nothing's happened yet, I feel like he's going to stay at least until the next transfer window. Excuse me. I agree. Um, but honestly, I personally, and it probably wouldn't happen, I would like to see Coco take um, 
Greg Goose's spot, um, kind of play with like that Edetta role a little bit. And I would like to see Aleu on the wing instead of Smith and have Bossy where Coco would normally be. Um, backline, I wouldn't touch. If Dorsey's okay, I would put Dorsey and Schmidt yeah. um, with uh, with Fiachenko and um, and Mikael. Um, speaking of of guys getting better, Mikael, man, I really like what we've seen these first couple couple weeks from him. The guy's just getting better and better, and um, I think we're going to get a very. I don't think in the next like year or two, maybe in about three or four years, but I think we're going to sell him for some good money um, once he gets a little bit older because the guy's just getting better. He really impresses me. And um, I mean, he just seems much older than what he is when he's on the field. Bartlow looked good too against St. Louis. It, it's incredible how deep we are in, in the backfield, uh, in the back back there. It's, it's reassuring, but if we sell off Escobar, if we pick up any more knocks, then I mean, good Lord, how many injuries are we going to keep taking here? Yeah, and I mean, you know, Kovalchuk. I don't know if uh, if we're if we are if we are where we are today without the way he's played. He's been balling out, um, dude. For real. There was one play. There was one play specifically. Uh, Tate Schmidt just put the perfect ball out. It was towards the end of the match. Um, just the perfect pass, and I think it went to Kovalchuk. And I was just like, man, if we had a better striker, that would have been Sports <laughs> Center top ten. But uh, but yeah, um, you know, the one thing the, too uh, is if you look at these three games. They're against two teams that have been cream of the crop. Like, I mean, in terms of St. Louis last year and then Sporting KC every year. And the fact that in three games against those two teams, we've looked this good with no DPs. And we've come away with a 2-1 loss at St. Louis, a 1-1 draw against Sporting KC, and then a 1-0 win against St. Louis. And you have no DPs again and no Herrera. Like, there's no way I would have thought that would have happened. That's an incredible outcome. And that's why I'm such a believer in Benny Ball. Like, I'm bought in. I'll question his substitution tactics, but for now, man, I, I am so behind that guy. One of those games too, being uh, uh, an elimination game, um, yeah. you know, which which kind of changes everything. Well, Brandon, before we move on to uh, balling around the globe, let's talk about the Red Bull really quick. So they've only played one match yeah. to our, you know, to our three, um, where they tied Nashville. Are you concerned about Red Bull? Speaking of, because you just mentioned we play two really strong MLS clubs. Um, this is probably, or this is the weaker club that we played historically. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this coming Saturday? Are you feeling confident? So some incredible statistics about Red Bull in terms of, um, in all American sports, they have the longest playoff streak made. And that just shows that they kind of grind in last year. They were a play in team, but they also have a defense that's pretty good where they mimicked us in terms of having an elite backfield. And so that's, that is concerning. They also got uh, Forsberg from the from the big club over there in Germany, and he had I think like eleven shots on on goal and stuff like that. Like his first game, he he did look electric. They're a sleeper in a lot of ways in terms of the East. Coming here though, playing at the Shell, we really do look like we have something here. I think we come away with the win. That's me being optimistic. I think it's just going to be a two two nil. I think it will be close, but this is going to be a really grind out game. I think this is going to be hard fought. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling like a three, one, honestly, I don't think it's going to be that tough for us just because I think these guys are, are so little rusty. We, we, it seems like we're kind of getting to the groove of things. We look like we've played better and better as the weeks have gone on. Um, and you know, just coming into a, a hotter Houston, as opposed to, to New York right now. Um, I, uh, I'm feeling pretty confident based on, uh, on what we've seen so far. So my prediction, uh, three, one, you're going with the one Oh, are we locking those in? Uh, I'll stay at two nil. I still think we get, I think we get a goal in the first half and second half. I just, I, I think this is going to be a muddied up game. 
Like one of those where it's like an SEC game in the rain, just two defenses just knocking each other out, but we come away on top. All righty, folks. Well, we're going to move on to our next segment, Balling Around the Globe, where me and Brandon take a story from somewhere around the soccer playing world and bring it to you the way we ball listener. Brandon, you want to kick off this week's? I would love to. Today, we go to England. Jamal, Chelsea are the first side in English football history to do what? Spend a billion dollars? Yep. Lose six straight domestic cup finals. 2019 EFL Cup, EFL Cup. 2020 FA Cup, 2021 FA Cup, 2022 EFL Cup and FA Cup, 2024 EFL Cup. That is your balling around the globe and suck it blues. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, especially after this week. Right. Um, uh, yeah, man. So, I mean, I guess kind of on the same subject of things, but this is a little uh, sour spot for us American fans. So, Brandon, as many of our listeners will know, Mexico women's team beat the U.S. women's national team mm-hmm. only for the second time in the history of that rivalry and the first time in the U.S. soil. Brandon, is this a case of the U.S. team not being as strong as they once were, or is the women's game globally catching up to the U.S. women? So the answer to that is yes, uh, for both instances here. The world game has gotten so much better to see the funds going the right way. In America, it seems like it's going the opposite way. And I don't mean in terms of talent. I mean in terms of affordability to play the game. The only way these girls get to play soccer in America is if their parents float like a $40,000 bill so their eight-year-old can play on a select team and travel around the country. It's not a global game like it is in the rest of the world. That is going to hurt us in the long run. There's a reason why all these kids that come from America don't really play here in America and immediately jump ship to Europe. It's just a way it's set up. It will never support, sadly, lower income communities to make these kids rise, especially in girls soccer. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's changing globally for the better. A lot of domestic leagues yes. around the world as well for women. Um, but at the, I don't know, at the same time, I feel like this was a good wake up call um, before the World Cup. Um, I know, I mean, we still have some time, of course, but um, I don't know. You know, we talk about the disappointment in the last Women's World Cup, and uh, you know, arrogant was a word that came out quite often. Um, I think this was a good wake up call for the for the women in the U.S. to see that the competition is out there, and it's not the way it used to be. It's not going to be a cakewalk anymore. Um, and I mean, look. I'm part Mexican myself, so a part of me is, is is a little proud, especially because of that banger of a goal. Yeah, it was from a dual national. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you know, I have nothing like I'm I'm happy for the Mexican national team. I do wish the U.S. would have won, but if you're going to lose, I'm glad it was to Mexico. So, um, yeah, definitely goal of the week by far. That thing was Absolutely. beautiful. No, and, and to your point, it's nice to see that that game is growing globally because. The women's Premier League is legit. I mean, they're packing out massive crowds, and rightfully so. They're putting on great, talented shows. It's just sad to see that it's not going to be the same reciprocated here because of the youth development costing too much money. I think that will always hurt us. Sounds uh, very familiar. (laughs) Yeah, right? Men's game. Uh, All right, Brandon. So we had a short and sweet falling around the globe. We didn't go too far this year. Um, Man, we both... Last year was two stories out of Turkey. This year, two stories out of the U.S. We got a yeah, and not only that, up. like two facts. Like it, what that one wasn't really like us kind of like, giving stories as much as it was kind of like, hey, here's this. Not not a typical yeah. ball balling around the we, globe. And if it's not noticeable, we legit don't like plan this. We just <laughs> yeah. come out and talk about it. So as you hear these stories, I'm hearing them for the first time as well. So um, great minds think alike, as they say. All Absolutely. right, Brandon. 
one of our favorite segments, if not our favorite ball in ball out, where we go over certain soccer subjects and say whether we're ball in, we're for them or ball out against them. Brandon, you have this week's ball in or ball out topics. So this first one I'm going to throw at you comes with a lot of caveats. Okay. So for instance, ball in, ball out, changing game tickets to a Southwest Airlines boarding system. So what I mean by that is you purchase a ticket. It's no more specific seats. Instead, you get you buy like a boarding group, like one through four. So obviously, if you get one, you get to be the first to enter into the stadium. Once you enter into the stadium, you can pick any seat you want. So you want to sit in the sweet seats? You can. But anybody else can also sit there as well. Now, here's the caveats. Just because you sat in the sweet seats doesn't mean that you get like free beverage and food. Instead, everybody can buy on specific meal vouchers to their boarding pass, no matter what number you have. So for instance, say you bought a ticket boarding late and you're like number four, but you're like, screw that. I want all free beer and, you know, food. You can throw on like a thousand dollars onto your thing and just never have to pay. You can just constantly keep scanning, but you have to sit where it is that you sit. So no longer are you getting specific seats. Instead, you're just kind of boarding them in groups into the stadium. You get to pick where you want to sit. You ball in or ball out for that. Well, one, one question before I make that choice, is it, are the tickets more expensive like the, for the earlier groups or is yeah, it? So it would be tiered. So just like Southwest. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you're, you're a fucking madman. <laughs> Why not? Ball out awesome. on that. I am so ball out on that. Look, I like, I grew up having to find the cheapest tickets, the $5 tickets, like with my family for any kind of sporting event. The fact that now I like have money to kind of spoil myself every now and then. I want to, I want to flash and I want to like, you know, you I want to, sh- with my tier one status, that's lame. Yes. Why? But now you get to pick anywhere you want to sit. Because I, I want people to just like be able to, from anywhere in the stadium, look at me and be like, oh man, that guy's a big deal. With your tier <laughs> status, there's no way of doing that. I can't ball exactly. like that. We're the way we ball. What, what, what kind of system is that? There ain't no ball in that way. And my thing is that like, look, you can get like me. Sometimes I go to, I go to events solo. I can get a tier four. Because it's very rare that people go without not in pairs. So if there's an odd seat out, I can sit in the best seat. Yes. Yeah, ball Same. out on that. Dude, I'm I'm so ball in. I think this is a better way of doing it because now you can't hike up fees. You can't just sell like individual tickets. Instead, now think about like if I can't make Saturday's game, for instance, because I do have to work a baseball tournament at my stadium. Like I could sell my ticket and say, since I'm a season ticket holder, I have a group one ticket. Dude, that could I that would be awesome. Do me a favor because you do work for a professional sports team. Yeah, pitch that. Your yeah. Boss and pitch that. <laughs> yeah, I think he would tell me where I can go. Uh, it would just be, it would be one of those things though that if we had a filling out the ballpark problem, I mean, it's essentially offering like GA. I think it, I think well, there's something to it, man. I'm telling you, people call- would be more satisfied. They wouldn't complain about their seats. The people will speak with me. Not these. I want now that I have money, I want to spoil myself and you poor get away from me. <laughs> Uh, I mean, to be fair, they called Van Gogh mad before, uh, before they celebrated his art. So maybe you're on something, just not in our lifetime. I'm telling you, baby, the, the parties will rally around me. All right. Topic two, taking sponsors off the front of MLS kits. You ball in or ball out for that? I am ball out. I like it just because it's something different. Uh, uh, a sponsor can make or break a kit. Um, example, Man U with that Chevy sponsor a few a few years back, 
horrid, disgusting. And I love the fact that Man U fans have to live with that. That's going to be etched <laughs> in their history forever now. And it was all because of the sponsor, an American sponsor on top of that. So True. sponsorships, I am ball in. So I made sure I hyper, like put emphasis on MLS kits because I agree with you. Sponsorships on you know Liverpool kit, that is iconic to me. I think it matches the overseas game. But in America, not really. I think that's kind of what's cool about our jerseys is that we haven't done that full on yet, except for in soccer. We've accepted that. I think it would be cooler if we allowed our design team to work more with our kit sponsors to design team logos on the front, cooler crests that take over things. I just think there's an opportunity here for us to sell kits in a different way that they would make them stand out overseas. Uh. Yeah, so I, I will say I don't like uh, sponsors on like like basketball jerseys now that they have the patch. I, I don't like them on other sports, and I think it's just because it's the way we grew up. Um, but I do enjoy them. I do enjoy them on on soccer uniforms. I know um, when I worked in when I worked at the Toros, that was one thing when we were looking for sponsors, and we'd ask a lot of times like, would we be able to manip- manipulate it? And you know, it's all about branding at the end of the day. And some of us were like, you know, you're asking us for all this cash, and you want to mess with our logo, like <laughs> shove it kind of deal. So I, I don't know. Maybe as the as the sport gets more and more popular, people would be more willing to uh, to let their logos be changed a bit. And that does sound cool to to be able to mani- manipulate the logo. But at the same time, I do like the fact that it's like that logo can make or break what your kit's going to look like. I'm trying to think of like if there's an MLS kit that is completely ruined by the logo. I mean, I mentioned it with. With our purple kit, it's kind of like ironic seeing a cancer center, but then you're. I got one for you. Enter Miami and their pink kit and whatever that is on the front of their chest. I think it looks terrible and it needs to go. Yeah, the logo, everything about that kit, the center, like the centralized logo and and the actual sponsor itself. um, That's actually a very a very good point. Um, But like that's not our problem. So that's like I love it. They look like crap, not us. So. I just yeah. think it, it would be – you could sell more kits by being able to do more designs. It allows more freedom within the team. And it's it's more American. Like I'm not saying like, yeah, wave our flag. But like that – it goes in line with the rest of American sports. I, I like that, that that we're different than the rest of the world. And not only that, our league is different than the rest of the world. I'm okay with embracing that. I, I think that's more fun. But I get why they do it. You make more money selling on, ads on jerseys. So that makes sense. I mean to be fair, when we were different, we were also doing those like – Hockey style penalty kicks. So I don't know if that's always. Dude, I, oh, thing. are you kidding me? The run ups, those were sick. We also need to bring in goalie wars too. Like, I love goalie wars. That is how we should solve penalties. You're ruining the game I love, Brandon. <laughs> I'm just expanding it in the best possible ways. All right, man. So this next one actually has zero ball in, ball out implications to it. Instead, it's just kind of more pick a current Dynamo player. So here's what you do there's three categories. You cannot pick the same player twice, okay? So. You have to invite one current Dynamo player to your bachelor party, to your wedding, and to your funeral. Who is your one current Dynamo player that you're inviting to your – so that you have to have three different players, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think – I need time to think about that. Do you want to kick it off? I can because I wrote mine down. <laughs> and, of course, it comes with reasonings as well. So for my bachelor party, I'm inviting Ache Ache. And the only reason why I'm doing that is because for a bachelor party, you want to go big, right? And you need a big baller to throw that cash all over the place. That's what makes it fun for a big group of friends. And it allows that person who has like the millions like he does to like spill it all over the bar. So that way your friends who don't make that much money can still have fun and you get to live big status. So he gets to come just because I wanted him to bring his checks. That's for a bachelor party. Now for my wedding, 
I want bossy because bossy's the guy that's going to like dance with the flower girl and like dance with grandma and just be a huge hit and smiling in every photo. He's going to crush it in all those. Now my funeral, I want Escobar because <laughs> with all of his tattoos and his glistening eyes, just him sitting there sobbing at my casket. I want the rest of my family and friends to be like, who did Brandon hang out with that like really made this guy that upset? I think it would be an excellent look, especially in a suit. The guy would crush it. So that's what I'm doing for my three. Hmm. Um, okay. So I think for my bachelor party, um, I'm going to go Escobar just because my bachelor party, that's the time for me to wild out. And I need to make sure that I have somebody to back me up <laughs> and the yellow card machine, like that guy has my back. So Escobar, just because I need that one guy who's a loose cannon that might snap at any minute. Um, just in case, you know, things get a little rowdy. Um, Very so true. Escobar, bachelor party wedding. I'm inviting Acha Acha basically for the same reasons you had him going to your bachelor party. But I want him to be a family friend. I want him to invite us to Spain when he has his next knee surgery to go hang out with him <laughs> in his condo in Spain. I want his wife to be best friends with my wife. And we can just be, you know, just be really good pals. Go fishing on the weekends. So um, Acha Acha is going to be my my wedding invite. Now the funeral, that one is, that one's tough. I don't know who I would want at my funeral. Um, I've been thinking about it ever since you, you brought the question up. Um, Honestly, I would say, I would probably say Brooklyn reigns because he's the youngest guy there. So um, I'm just thinking he's going to be an old man, like 80 something. So then that means I live the full life. Uh, So just because of the math and the numbers, I'm going to say Brooklyn reigns and hopefully he's going to be an old, old man at my funeral. You need to get somebody that looks like you need like Steve Clark there. That it's like, dude, did like Jamal have like a secret life as like a biker gang leader or something? You need somebody that just like is openly weeping but is tatted out and looking mean. That's how you confuse the rest of your funeral party. That's all I want. I don't want anybody to be like, oh wow, Brandon had like a really eclectic group of friends. I want that one person to just be Big Bird in the middle of everybody, and they're like, who the hell is that? Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I feel like my family's too judgy and that'll just cause problems. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. I don't have to deal with them. I'm not even there. <laughs> All right, Brandon. So, uh, I guess that wraps it up for this week's episode. Um, anything, any last shout outs you want to give before we wrap? Actually, wrap yeah, I do. I'm going to do two here. One, I want to shout out our boys over at fellowship, Co- uh, coffee and Boba cart. They actually threw on an event before Saturday's opening match. We went out there and, caught some uh some of their delicious bobas that they put out there i'm not doing this as like a library thing like genuinely those guys si and ryan like if you want if you have an event or anything that you need somebody to bring amazing coffee and boba like please reach out to us at the way we ball or hit me up on twitter whatever it might be they're incredible guys i have a couple of events that i'm bringing out at constellation field and they will be coming out there for that too so if you want to experience that uh, definitely go for that. Those guys are awesome. They gave me a shirt. I need to send that to you, by the way, so that way you can wear it. I have it hanging in my closet for you, so it won't be wrinkly. Uh, and then the last thing, uh, I do work for the Space Cowboys. I'm going to put shamelessly plug my podcast with them because uh, we do have an official Space Cowboys podcast called Down in Sugarland, where I do it with Garrett Green. Make sure you like and subscribe to that too. If this episode just suddenly ends, you'll know what happened. No shameless plugs around here. I told you, man. I was going to take that moment to shine. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I guess just be on the lookout. I'm hoping to drop some content following, um, this weekend's matchup between Brownsville FC and Matamoros Gavilanes. It's just a very, uh, monumental moment, um, here in South Texas, having these two teams cross borders, um, and play one another. And there's a little dynamo tie in just, just in the sense that, 
the Dynamo really tried capturing that market um, between the two cities because it's such a, a big soccer um, powerhouse. And um, so, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. Hopefully we'll be dropping in Sunday um, or Monday before our next episode. So with that being said, um, for this week's The Way We Ball, I'm Jamal. And I'm Brandon. And that's going to be tight. And this is The Way We Ball. I can't wait till you do that video. <laughs>